What's up, everybody? This is Pastor James, and welcome back to the With Me Bible Study. I apologize for missing you last week. My wife and I had our third child, a beautiful baby girl that we named Hattie Jade, along with having COVID-19. Um, you can imagine that our week was quite a doozy. <laughs> so anyways, I'm playing catch-up with you today. We will be covering the last half of chapter 6, which is what we should have done last Wednesday. And uh, Paul is writing to the Corinthians uh, as we've been studying, and he's encouraging them to avoid sexual sin. So let's read this passage together. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12-20. through 20. We'll talk a little bit, and uh, we'll be done. So let's read this together. It says, You say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by His power, just as He raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does, for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. All right. So the first thing we see in this passage is that Paul <clears throat> begins to instruct the church in uh, Corinth on sexual sin. And uh, th this whole discussion is on their, their freedom to do anything. Now, now, Paul was the one who taught on spiritual freedoms. Paul was known for this. I mean, Paul talks about spiritual freedoms in a lot of his epistles that he writes to these different churches because there was a lot of arguments going on. Just for example, in uh, his letter to the church in Colossians, uh, in Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through 17, Paul talks about how as Christians um, that we are free to eat and drink whatever we want and that we're actually able to worship on whatever day that we want. And we're no longer bound to the Old Testament law that said you had to worship on the Sabbath or you can't eat these certain types of foods or you can't drink this certain type of drink. And so Paul was the one who was actually strongly preaching against um, us being bound to the law, that, that Jesus gave us freedom through his blood and his sacrifice. He gave us freedom from the law. Now, the only problem is that this Corinthian church took great liberty with this teaching, and they shifted it. They shifted it away from giving us freedom to the law, and they applied it to this... Um, freedom to sin and specifically they applied it with freedom to sexual sin and uh, Paul begins this section with saying that yes we are allowed to do anything but at the same time not everything is good for us and just because we have the freedom to do things or engage in things does not mean that it is the most beneficial thing or even that it's good at all. Um, when you look at people, we as people, especially in our culture, you know, I think in America we have more freedom uh, probably than any other culture around the world. Uh, but at the same time, all the things that we are allowed to do 
does not necessarily mean that they are good for us. So even though we're allowed to do anything at the same time, um, Paul says that we should not become a slave to anything. Now as people, as believers in Christ, we have to understand that we are cursed with this, this whole aspect of bondage. Okay, and we don't like to admit this because, especially in America, we always love to claim freedom and that we, you know, we're, we don't belong to anybody. And that's a big thing for us. But as people who believe in Christ, we have to understand that we are cursed with this aspect of bondage in our lives. And we're either slaves of Christ or we're slaves of sin or slaves to the world, as you would have it. And you see that represented throughout Scripture in multiple places. And so even though we have freedom in Christ, <clears throat> if we fall into sin, sin brings us back under the bondage and the slavery of sin. And so this is the battle that every believer is fighting every day of their life, that, that we're fighting the urge, the temptations to sin, so that we maintain our bondage, our slavery, our servitude to Christ, and that we don't fall back into the slavery and servitude of sin and things of the world. Now, in verse 13, Paul goes back to the mindset of what food is for. Okay, so you got to remember, this is mainly what he was talking about that people had freedom in. So the Corinthians were saying that food was meant for the body, and the body, um, and that because they were saying that food was meant for the body, that the body was meant for sex. Like, you know, like we're made to reproduce. Actually, when you look at Scripture, um, one of the first commandments God gave uh, Noah once they got off the ark is go, be fruitful, and multiply. Um, that that was something that we as people are expected to do. The, the whole aspect of sexual activity is affirmed through God, but it's also only affirmed in the context of marriage between a man and a woman. Now, Paul affirms food being meant for the body, and he also affirms the fact that one day God is going to do away with both food and the body, that those things are temporary. But to say that our bodies were meant for sexual immorality or even sin in general is just a preposterous thinking. And as people, we have to understand, as followers of Christ, we have to understand we were made for the Lord. Okay, we were made for God's glory, to glorify Him, to worship Him, and He cares about our bodies. Now, we are supposed to be holy vessels, and we are supposed to be um, the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit should dwell within us, and even though our bodies die, we're going to be raised to life again as Christ Jesus was raised to life again, and Paul reminds the church of Corinth of that as he's writing them. Now, Paul moves on to talk about how our bodies are actually part of Christ. So when we are saved, when we surrender to Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes in us, we are joined together with Christ as one. And Paul then asks the question of should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it with a prostitute? Should he take his holy vessel that should be the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit and join it as one with a with a person of sin, a, a prostitute, is a person of sin, and their profession is a profession of sin. And this is the root of the issue at hand, because apparently what was going on in the church in Corinth is that prostitution was being widely accepted by the church. Uh, many of the people in the church were participating in prostitution. They were engaging in this activity. 
and they had accepted it. And, and prostitution was actually very common in the city of Corinth, both in the religious realms and in the non-religious realms. It was a very accepted practice. And so the people in the church were participating in prostitution, and their excuse, they were rationalizing this. They were making the excuse that they had freedom in Christ, and because of that freedom, that they could engage in the sexual sin. Now, just because we can rationalize something and make excuses for it doesn't actually mean that it's a legitimate excuse or a legitimate rationalization. <coughs> Excuse me. So the issue at hand is, <coughs> if we belong to Christ, then we belong to Him. Our body, our soul, our mind, all that we are should belong to Jesus Christ. And if that's true then we have no right or reason to give ourselves away to anyone or anything else. No sin, no person, no thing. Especially not a prostitute that our bodies become joined as one. And Paul is explaining this because, you know, as people, we forget about this sometimes because most people, especially in, um, in cultures, are just very prone to sexual sin. It's kind of one of those things that most people at some point in their life struggle with sexual purity in some way, shape, or form. Not everybody, but most people. <clears throat> and Paul is reminding them that sexual sin is one of those things that really has more of an effect on us than we realize. Sexual sin is one of those things that really, it, it hurts our body. And it, it it takes something away from us that we really don't have the right to give away. And so when, even if you engage in casual um, sexual relationships, um, you may think that it's not a big deal, that you're not losing anything, that you're not giving anything away. But there are parts of yourself that are being given away that, number one, you don't have the right to give away. But number two you're never truly going to get those things back. And, and Paul is really kind of stressing this idea that, hey, sexual sin has more of an impact on us than what we can ever realize. It's a sin against our body and, and our body, which is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. So, so Paul moves on towards the end of this, and we're kind of coming to an end. But he's calling the people of Corinth to take proper action when it comes to sexual sin. And it's one of those sins that we can't play with this. You, you can't dabble in this. You can't hang around or linger to see whether or not you're going to be able to resist this. But really, when it comes to sexual sin, you should run. You should flee. I mean, you, you should avoid sexual sin like the plague because no other sin so clearly affects our body. And if our body is indeed the temple of the Holy Spirit, when we sin sexually, you're taking your temple. You're taking the temple of the Holy Spirit and you're joining it to something that is sinful. You are breaking down the holiness and the sanctity of the relationship that God has with us. And this is what <clears throat> this is what opens us back up to being enslaved in sin again. So so verse 19 clears up the whole issue and it reaffirms what we've been kind of saying all along through this. Like the, Paul says, 
Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We no longer belong to ourselves. We may have freedom in Christ to eat various foods. We may have freedom in Christ to eat food offered to idols. We may have freedom in Christ to worship on any day that we choose. But it's very important to understand that sexual sin takes something from us that we cannot get back. It causes pain and degradation, and it breaks us down spiritually uh, when we engage in sexual sin. And it leaves us vulnerable to the opportunity for sin to enslave us once again. So in regards to sexual sin, we do not have freedom to engage in this because it claims us as its own. And in reality, we should belong to Christ. We are His. We we should be one with Him. We are one with Christ. And we were bought with a high price. And the price is the blood of Jesus Christ. And because Jesus paid such a high price for us, We are called to honor God, not only spiritually, but also with our body. Like Everything about us, both spiritually and physically, should be glorifying to God. Now, we have to be careful never to confuse our freedom in Christ with a free pass to sin. And Jesus, we have to remind ourselves, Jesus Christ died to free us from our sin. He did not die so that we have freedom to turn right back around and be enslaved to sin all over again. And so today, as we close out, I just want to ask you guys, who do you belong to? What do you belong to? Do you belong to Jesus? Are you one with Him? Or do you belong to sin and do you belong to the world? That's a question that only you can answer. But let me remind you before we leave today that you belong to Christ. And your freedom in Christ does not give us an excuse to keep on in sin, but yet our freedom in Christ calls us away from sin and calls us to true freedom where we are using our bodies to glorify and worship the one true God. All right, let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be together, to read your word, to discuss it, to pray. God, it is such a privilege. Lord, I pray for everyone listening today. Be with them in body, mind, and spirit. Help us all to remember that we belong to you, that we are one with you, that your Holy Spirit should be dwelling within us. And God, help us not to fall prey to temptations and the sins of this world, especially the sexual sins, because they are sins against our own body, the place upon which your Holy Spirit should dwell. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time together. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in for another week. We love you. We're praying for you. If you can't make it to our uh, services on campus this weekend, catch us on Facebook, YouTube, or the podcast. We love you. We're praying for you. Hope you have a great week.